With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric Mann. Big Ten Football Media Days are next week. We share the questions we hope to get answered in Indianapolis. We've got some basketball news as well. All that and more on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, you see my man, Polar Bear Pete, dominate the Home Run Derby a couple nights that was, ago. That was fantastic considering I, I bet on him to win, so I, I very thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. <laughs> there you go. So did I. I mean, you know, the guy not the favorite. I, that won't be the case in future years. This guy looks like he's just going to win this thing for the next decade. Dominant. He was a machine. Like, it's literally the, the guy who was pitching to him was just screwing him down the middle, and it's just – and he was hitting him four, 500 feet like every time, it seemed like. That was impressive. That was sweet. And it seems like he was enjoying it, too. It's good to see a guys guys that actually want to be there and, and compete and instead of just being there to, oh, yeah, I was begged to come and I'm here. So well, I think he makes more money winning the Home Run Derby than his salary, right? He does. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. On that that. I, I would be excited, too, if my pay doubled. You know? Yeah. Two two years ago, I mean, it's the same deal. You know, he, he was getting even less and, you know, made a million off of it. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it is, you know, that wouldn't mean much to some of these players, but yeah, it does, certainly does, does to him. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll uh, be in Pittsburgh this weekend, hoping to see my Mets, weather permitting, beautiful stadium there. So we'll see how it goes. You know, I've always meant to ask you guys too. I have this, it just sits right here at, at, at my desk as we talk, my daily office trivia calendar do you guys but i guess i can't say i've ever discussed the show the office with you two to know if you are fans i'm getting a no shake from aaron yes i am a, an office fan all right dwight offers what kind of lessons is part of his secret santa gift oh man yeah that's a good it's not karate that's yeah, what i no. guessed that's what i guessed it's yeah. not karate paintball lessons Ah, uh, yeah. and and then then there's today's as well because of its early streetcar system scranton is also known by what nickname i knew this one i didn't know that's how it got the nickname but i knew it it's been a couple of years since i watched through but yeah no that's, the that's electric good. city i could remember from their little their little song lazy scranton they call it that uh, because of the electricity Maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> an episode of Office Trivia. Okay, so like we said, we've got we've got a few different things to talk about. Some some hoops news, I guess, and you know some observations from what's been happening on the court recently. You know, maybe some MLB draft talk uh, as it relates to the Wolverines. But first and foremost, Michigan football. Big Ten media days are next week. Aaron, you'll be there in Indianapolis. Hoping to talk. Well, we'll we'll be talking to to Jim Harbaugh and you know some players as well. 
It's been a while, yes? Yeah, we did not have Big Ten Media Days in person last year. I'm trying to remember if we had like a press conference thing or not. I think we did, but it was definitely virtual over Zoom. So things are kind of getting back to normal. This is at least the first step. Um, usually, typically in previous years, Big Ten Media Days is held in some type of hotel, conference, ballroom. This year, it's going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium inside the stadium. I don't know how this thing's going to look exactly, but it's definitely going to be more spaced out, more wide open. But yeah, all the coaches will be there from every team. We're getting some players. Uh, they're all TBD. I don't have a list, so we don't know which Michigan players are going to be there. But anyway, it's going to be the first time really in over a year, shoot, shoot 18 months really, since we've had really one-on-one -on -one interaction with Jim Harbaugh and the players. Now, everything last year was pretty much virtual over zoom or, or some type of video teleconference uh it looks like the, it seems like the big Ten is heading in the direction of everything being in person again which I mean, makes sense it sounds like most of these stadiums if not all of them are going to be open in some form or fashion this fall fans are going to be allowed back in so the, the the step toward normal is 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 here i guess it seems like it's been a long time since we've even talked with anyone within the program even virtually too so right Although yeah, we that, we did get we did get Sean Nua uh, a few weeks ago at a recruiting event in, in person, but yeah, as far as Harbaugh or some players, it's been seems like spring practice was like three years ago. Aaron, I think I might have a couple bucks still on my uh, Lucas Oil concessions uh, gift card, you know, voucher from from NCAA <laughs> tournament coverage. I can can give Send to it you. <laughs> it's a massive, a massive building. Uh, so yeah, you got to certainly figure out where you're going in and where you're you know, where things are happening and where you're going to do your writing. You don't want to be leaving stuff, you know, at a table when, and then you have to walk a couple miles to, to, to get to your next stop. But yeah, so I guess let's start with like, what, what are those questions we we're going to ask, even if, you know, we don't get answers, what, what are kind of the, the, the top ones uh, heading into next week? Well, the number one topic I think everyone wants to know and, and is going to ask about, and this is really no different from any previous years, but it's the quarterback position. I mean, I think coming into this year, the, the assumption is, and this going off of what happened at the end of last year, Cade McNamara is the guy. But again, you know, J.J. McCarthy, as the, the coaches have said, that J.J. McCarthy is number two in the depth chart. Where does he fare at this point? And then you've got the wild card here with the grad transfer from Texas Tech, Alan Bowman. Now he's interesting at this point in time because a he has not enrolled at the university of michigan i in fact went check this morning just to double check he's still not in the directory however i've been told he's been in arbor for a couple of months now so he is apparently hanging out around the team it sounds like he's probably going through some workouts with some of his teammates um, but until he's officially enrolled and michigan has introduced him i don't think jim can mention him or talk about him which is going to get kind of weird if he starts getting asked about the quarterback position but either way um, they have called Cade McNamara their starter coming out of spring. Matt Weiss, new quarterbacks coach, has said that. Jim Harbaugh has said Cade is number one on the depth chart at this point. Um, so I, I think you know the pressure on Cade is unique this year because of the way he won the job last year, kind of coming off the bench and you know just flat out playing better than Joel Milton. So he's going to be you know I think the face of this football team at least right now. Whether that changes or not going in the, in the fall camp remains to be seen because I'm sure there will be some type of competition. I don't think Alan Bowman is coming in with the expectation of riding the bench and or being number two. Now, whether he wins a job is a different story. But the quarterback, I think, is by and far, I think, the most interesting storyline with this team. Um, but certainly it's not the only one. I, I thought a couple outlets projected Bowman to be the third this year in, in recently released magazines. 
Yeah, it would not surprise me if he went to John. And again, I've been asked this question a ton by folks about the quarterback position, and, and I, I keep I keep bringing it up because there's some folks that forget he's even coming in. Because uh, you know he announced, I think last fall it was brought up. You know this winter that he, he's been tweeting about coming to Michigan, but Michigan still hasn't officially announced him, added him to the roster. He's still not in the directory, and still so until all that happens, I don't know how much. Again, you know they, they can they they can mention. So I don't know what the assumption is from the Michigan coaching staff, you know, in, in previous years, obviously when Shea Patterson came in and, and John O'Cord and the like, the coaches have always said that, you know, this is a competition. They're not coming in to automatically get the job. Now, that being said, if you look at Alan Bowman's, you know, uh, resume, his track record, he just, he's flat out more experienced than Cade McNamara. He's started more games. He's played more games. He's been more productive at the college level. Um, now, obviously, the, the Big 12 and, and the Big 10 maybe are a little bit different from a defensive perspective, but nonetheless, he is, he's shown that he can play at a high level. Question for him, and again, I don't know if we're going to get any answers to this next week, um, is how quickly he can adapt and get kind of get, you know, ingratiated this offense, get familiar with his teammates, and, and you know whether or not he has enough time to win the job. Now, could he do it midseason? Could we see a similar situation from last year where, you know, like Milton, maybe McNamara faults, falters and, and Bowman gets the job? We'll see. Um, but he's certainly he's certainly going to be in the conversation here. Yeah, it looks like uh, Phil Steele told the Wolverine that he he projects Bowman to be the starter, and, and Pro Football F- Focus also paid Bowman as the starter. So yeah, that will be fascinating to to follow throughout uh, fall camp and leading into the the first week of the season. I'd be really curious to know what Cade McNamara thinks of all this. And I don't know if he's going to be in Indianapolis next week to talk to the media. I hope he is because it would be a good, good question to ask him. You know, what does he make of a grad transfer coming in to try and take his job? Because, you know, that's what Alan Bowman wants to do. He wants to come in and win the starting job. That's why he's coming to Michigan. In fact, I spoke to Alan Bowman's um, high school coach, former high school coach, the other day for a story coming up here on him. He said Alan got had several offers from some other Big Ten schools, including one that basically told him he could come in and be the starter, right? right away but he wanted to go to michigan he wants a michigan degree he wants to show that he can compete at the big 10 level and and at a a high profile school like michigan and win the job so there's a certainly an assumption that he's going to come in and win whether he does you know i don't know mcnamara is an interesting spot right now because he just didn't play a ton last year we didn't see a lot of him yes he started the game yes he came in and played well at times he just doesn't have the experience so it's going to be interesting off season fall camp. Um, I just, but again, I, I don't know how much of that's going to be able to be discussed next week, which is I think interesting in and of itself. But So he's not enrolled yet. As far as you know. Correct. He's not in the directory. Uh, Michigan spokesman has not, has not responded. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't said anything. He hasn't been announced by the team, um, but he, you know, he's here. Like, like I said, I spoke to his, his former football coach. He's been here a couple of months, so he's clearly here ready to play football. I would expect him to be, you know, enrolled sometime in the next couple of weeks because he has to be to start fall camp. Uh, keep in mind, it's important to point out he is a grad transfer. So he, he graduated from Texas tech. He doesn't necessarily need to enroll at this point because they're not going through any, te- any, any official practices or workouts. But once fall camp gets gets kicked off here early August, for the next couple of weeks, he'll ha- he'll have to be. In, yeah, uh, in I mean, I could speak to this from the men's basketball side. They got a grad transfer this year, Devonte Jones, and again, the formal announcement was way after him announcing he was he was coming. Part of that was the holdup from also to clearing for the NBA draft, but but even after that became clear, there was a delay, and it's because of you know, paperwork involved and actually, you know, applying to the school, getting accepted and, and and things like that. And then, you know, some in some cases, Michigan just decided not to make a big deal out, about it, maybe. But so he hasn't like been acknowledged by like any coach in any interview yet or anything either. His name has not really been spoken. His name sure. has not come up. No. But that, that will change next week, we imagine. Uh, 
you know, one way or the other. But yeah, it is interesting. Like you said, uh, at, at the top, you know, the just lack of continuity at the quarterback position for Michigan. I guess you had Shea Patterson after his, you, you kind of knew when he came, he was probably going to be the starter. And certainly after that first year, when he came back, you, you knew he would be again. But, you know, in, in the years since and in a long stretch before that, I don't know, you got to go back to maybe like Devin Gardner, you know, knowing that a guy who started the, uh, one particular year was definitely your guy the next year. And yeah, having a, you know, several good options is a good thing, but if it's like several mediocre options and that's not ideal. Yeah. If you, if you recall back in 2018, it was certainly a point of contention with Wilton Spate when he just, when his decision to transfer, he was told outright beginning of the year that he wasn't the, the, you know, the, the guaranteed starter. He was going to yeah. have to work for the job and it kind of rubbed him the wrong way. So, but this is, you know, this isn't, obviously this isn't new. This is something Jim Harbaugh has has preached since he's gotten to Michigan. He likes competition. He feels like, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he owes anyone anything and he wants his quarterbacks to earn it. Um, and, and that's certainly going to be the case, I think, here in fall camp between Cade McNamara, um, Alan Bowman, and, and, you know, to some degree, J.J. McCarthy, because I don't think he's necessarily miles and leaps and bounds below these two either. I think McCarthy is obviously the future, as, as you know, folks um, tend to think. He's a five-star recruit. He's certainly talented. Um, but he's got he's got some time to he's gonna have to work his way into you know being a college quarterback and that's that's not easy I mean that's it's rare where we see a true freshman quarterback come in to a big time program win the starting job and become a superstar right away it just rarely happens so it's gonna take some time for him meanwhile you know Michigan's got to figure out what they have here in Cade McNamara because look you know he looked good at times last year but he's certainly not you know a bona fide you know the, the guy at this point Bowman as I says is is certainly more experienced he's been around a lot longer. He's going to have an opportunity here, I think, to win the starting job. And give me a uh, another question or two, Aaron or Ryan. Uh, you know that we want to we want to ask next week. For me, I, I still want to know more about what this defensive scheme is going to look like. I mean, they've had more time to implement it. They had spring practice to kind of get these these players acclimated to to Mike McDonald's new scheme. So yeah, let's hear. Uh, like, what's the personnel going to be look like? Are, I mean, how many like defensive tackles are going to be on the field? Like, is it just going to be Christopher Hinton, or are you going to have like Mozzie Smith and Donovan Jeter on the field with Hinton at the same time? Is Aiden Hutchinson really going to not line up with, with his hand in the dirt more often than not? Like, I mean, it would be nice to get a few more answers as to kind of what uh, what the scheme and personnel is going to look like when when they take the field for their opener. It's it's a good one, you know. It's something McDonald's been asked a couple times now. He has he's been kind of you know dodgy about, and I don't know if that's because he generally doesn't know, did or at least didn't know at the time what they wanted to do or how things were going to look shape out with the personnel. But I think more importantly, the question that that needs to be posed to him is where he sees his defensive scheme a year from now. Like, what is his grand vision for this thing? Because look, the reality is they don't have the talent or the type of player they necessarily want to play this thing. But but they got to work with what they have, and that's always the case whenever coaching staffs change, philosophies change, schemes change. You know, Michigan's working with you know bare bones to begin with. I mean, they were they were thin in, def- in defensive tackle to begin with. They're certainly thin at linebacker, so they've really got to accentuate their positives and the positives are they've got some decent guys in the ends they've got some experienced guys at linebacker they just don't have enough of them so it's like you got to put guys in certain positions to succeed and and i think that's why you're gonna you're gonna see some type of form of and it, look, I, I think they're going to do some four three, but you're going to see a heavy amount of three four, three three five this year. Where and we've we've heard it already. Aiden Hutchinson playing kind of more of an outside linebacker role. Taylor Upshaw doing the same. Where they're hand off the dirt, 
rushing the quarterback, and they're going to throw some big bodies up front, which is something we haven't seen a ton of the last couple of years with Don Brown. So it's going to look different. You know, I don't, I don't know if McDonald clearly knows what what it's going to look like at this point, as he has said. Uh, but certainly now he's, you know, good, 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 what four or five months into the job, he's got to have some better idea of kind of, you know, I, I have to think. You would hope so. You would hope so. And uh, I mean, yeah, like even a guy like Michael Barrett, like where is he going to fit in? Like it seems like he would be a guy that would need to put on a lot of weight to fit in this new scheme and and to move position. So we haven't really heard much about him. Um, the cornerback position is still a big question mark. I mean, are they going to rely on Jamon Green and Vincent Gray again? It seemed like Jamon really was starting to break through late in the late in last year, but then Vincent Gray really struggled, and there's not a lot of proven commodities behind him. Is this the year that an Andre Selden or, or Darian Green Warren kind of take control and, and move up the depth chart? I, I think Michigan is to have a successful year. They're going to need a lot of guys to surprise and kind of come out of nowhere to be really competitive because just looking at the depth chart right now, it's like, all right, yeah, you know, you have Dex and Hill, you can put out there, Brad Hawkins and, and Aiden Hutchinson who are above average players in the big 10. But outside of that, it's you're going to need some guys to really fill some roles and, and step up in a big way. And and to surprise folks, I think is going to be really difficult to share given the fact that this is just a new scheme you're going to see a lot of guys who Maybe if this defense, this defensive staff had stayed and they, you know, they had kept the same system, maybe would have taken that next step this year. But because they're changing so much and playing so many guys, maybe not out of, I don't say out of position, but like in different roles than they're used to, you're gonna, I think you're gonna see a lot of guys slow out of the gate, and I think that's why you're gonna see the defense struggle this year. But going back to Michael Barrett, it's a good point you brought up. You know, I'm surprised he didn't transfer this year. We saw so many guys, so many linebackers, especially depart, leave, hit the transfer portal after Don Brown was dismissed. I thought he was genuinely was going to be one of them he was a don brown recruited guy they were grooming him to be like i mean he played viper he he was that type of that type of guy don brown liked who could play different positions and i don't know how well he's going to fit into this scheme now look they're probably going to play him just yeah. because he's the most other than josh ross he's the most experienced guy so they got really they didn't really have anything else to work with so we're gonna have to kind of like plug him into some role where he can excel you know maybe he's lost weight maybe he's, he's gained some weight I, I don't know to fit a certain role but yeah, I'm surprised he didn't leave. But you're right. Defensive backs are going to be interesting. I think safeties will be fine. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of five. They use a lot of five defensive backs, whether that's a you know a three three five, like I said, or like according typical you know three four. But they're they're going to have to do some things. I think to hide some of their their weaknesses. And last year, quite frankly, the cornerbacks were the probably the biggest weaknesses on the team, as you saw in the games against Michigan State and Indiana. Yeah, I mean, if when you're adjusting to these these new schemes, I mean, you got to be reacting and not thinking before you react. And if you, if you're a fringe player, regardless, and you're having to take an extra split second to think about what, what you're supposed to do, that, that could uh, create some lead to some big plays drawn the other way, but we'll see. He, he, we just don't know at this point. And that's what the fall and, and media days might, might answer some of those questions. I keep bringing this point up in interviews. I'm going to keep hammering this home. When Michigan changed offensive coordinators in 2019, they brought back so many so many guys. It was talented. You, you brought back a starting quarterback. You brought back, bought, brought back experienced offensive line. You had some talented playmakers on the outside. And look how look how long it took them to get going from an offensive standpoint. Obviously, offenses and defenses are totally different and everything else. But now he's Michigan changing schemes. They have a new coordinator in. They lost a bunch of guys. They just don't have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially at every position. So to expect them to come in and, and play well this year, I think it's just it, it's not not realistic. Michigan's really going to struggle on defense. 
I, I think there's there'll be some situations where they can try and, and kind of plug the holes and do it the best they can. But against the Big Ten's elite, Ohio State, Penn State, maybe Wisconsin, even they're really going to struggle. So it's it's going to be, I think, a trying year for them. We'll get into more as, as the season goes on, but there's going to be some struggles on the defensive side of the ball, and even, probably even more so than last year. Good points all around, uh, and I'm sure there there are many more questions as well to be asked. But you know, those are those are the main ones, and we'll you know we'll have coverage of of the media days, of course, and 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 kind of talk about what comes out of it, you know, afterwards. And we said we're going to hit on some other sports, so so let's do that. So there's some news from the men's basketball program. Uh, you know, one of the six freshmen that, that make up the number one recruiting class in the country, Caleb Houston, performed well on the international stage with Canada's under-19 team in the FIBA World Cup in Latvia. Uh, he was the Canada's leading scorer, 17 points a game. They won the bronze medal. Only loss came to eventual champion United States. Uh, it was a close game. Caleb Houston played well. I mean, he's known as a you know, deadly three-point shooter. Uh, that wasn't really the case in this tournament. He, he struggled a little bit with his shot. Percentages weren't great, but, you know, he scored in other ways. And, you know, those who were actually there in attendance were were impressed by what they saw. So he will be, this is Wednesday. We're recording this. He'll be arriving in Ann Arbor tonight. Whether he joins the team for practice tomorrow remains to be seen. We'll see how they they handle it with you know, him coming off international competition. They had a training camp leading up to it, but he'll be in Ann Arbor, at least ready to, to join his teammates. You can read on mlive.com slash Wolverines right now, you know, a story about what the first few weeks of practice have, have looked like, um, you know, talk to assistant coach Phil Martelli uh, to get insights on mostly the newcomers, you know, the freshmen, uh, the other five and uh, Devonte Jones, a graduate transfer point guard, you know, as well as any, you know, surprises or, or things that, you know, changes from, from players from, from when we last saw him last season. So I don't know. I thought it was some good stuff from, from Martelli. Um, so you can, you, know, you can read, read that story for more. Um, yeah, as far as recruiting, there was a just live evaluation period. So coaches were, you know, kind of all over the country watching players and in some case uh, offering some scholarships. Uh, again, you can read about that on, on MLive.com. Ernest uh, Uday Jr., the most, recent that we know of to have received a, a scholarship offer, a center in, in this 2022 class. So Michigan has offered, you know, a few, a few big men in this class. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, which one they end up, uh, they end up landing, but um, yeah, very, very active on the trail. Uh, actually, actually able to get out there now in person and, and see the, see these players. So we said we'd close with uh, MLB draft just happened this week. And uh, a few Wolverines were chosen. Yes, right? Yes, three of them. The uh, Now, the Michigan's had at least three selections in every draft since 2015, which uh, says a lot about a, a program in the northern uh, part of the United States. Uh, had another second-round pick this year for the third straight year, and it was left-handed pitcher Stephen Hajar, tall left-handed pitcher, and he went to the Minnesota Twins at in the second round 61st overall i believe um and then shortstop benjamin sems a graduate transfer from kansas he was taken in the 15th round by the colorado rockies had a really solid year was one of three players to start all 46 games for michigan this season batted over 300 had some extra base pop and then uh, the final player that was drafted was right-handed pitcher blake beers 
Uh, had had a rough rough year in 2021 with an ERA over eight, uh, but still features a, a high 90s fastball. I'm sure the Oakland A's or yeah, the Oakland A's who drafted him will hope he'll be a, a project type of of draft pick, and hopefully they can kind of harness some of that uh, pitching potential at, at the minor league level. So yeah, overall a decent showing in another draft that was shortened to 20 rounds this year. Remember last year's was only five, and Michigan had four players go last year, so. Maybe next year, I'm not sure it'll go back up to its, uh, I think, 40, 40 rounds or I think around there, but we'll see. It's rare that I have an opinion on a player that the Mets draft. Uh, you know, we don't really follow, you know, it's, again, following the high school players or some of these college players to, to know. But I did in this case, their first round pick at number 10 overall. They got Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt. I certainly remember that. was a that, steal. That name, <laughs> yeah, from, you know, a uh, couple, couple years ago in the, in the College World Series and yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, he's he's a stud, huge kid, and big arm, and all that. After that so, freshman year, everyone was saying like teams were going to tank for Kumar, um, <laughs> just because he was kind of that highly thought of, and he still is. And I, I don't think he, anyone expected him to drop all the way to ten. So that was a, a real nice pickup there for for the Mets. There you go. All right, cool. start and end with some you know on somewhat uh, unrelated talk. That's how we do it here on Wolverine Confidential. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode and continue to read on MLive.com slash Wolverines.